Boba Moose coming at you on BTO. This is Seven and a Half, the Wonder Woman show. Flying through the air with her lasso of truth, red and white striped, high heel boots. She wears a flag, red, white, and blue. That bustier is there to distract you. Leaping onto the scene in 41, as a leading female, she was second to none. Paving the way for all superheroines, leading the pack against women like Marilyn. Girl power's what it is, but it's more than that. Comics are no longer a superhero frat. Babs, Donna, Supergirl 2, Black Canary, Zatanna, Vixen and Fire, Sharon Carter, Ms. Marvel, just the tips of the iceberg. Like them or love them, they all go back to her, the tall Amazonian with raven black hair. So show some respect as you listen to this cast. It applies to the present as much as the past. Shout out, throw your arms, raise some hella, and give it up to our host, the fabulous Mistella. Salwete, and welcome all to Batgirl to Oracle, the Barbara Gordon Podcast, Episode 7.5, The Wonder Woman Show. I'm your host, Stella, and I'm very excited to introduce my co-host for this episode, George Bear Berryman. Hi. Okay, well, I was waiting for something stunning, but we'll... Oh, I, didn't know, I didn't know if we had to do the sponsor first or if I'm... Oh, no, it, it doesn't matter. Okay, so episode 7.5 is brought to you by Tiaras Are Us. Tiaras Are Us specialize in bedazzled, bejeweled, and be anything tiaras. The tiaras of Tiaras Are Us are formed from a special zinc alloy which makes each and every tiara light but deadly. Just don't go trying to hit anyone less than 5 feet away from you or you may feel an unpleasant backlash. Order your tiaras in time for prom and Tiaras Are Us will match the color of your gown. Tiaras are us, and Amazon's best friend. Batgirl to Oracle is also brought to you by MileHighComics.com, your new and collectible comic book store. Mile High Comics has an inventory of over 5 million comics from the gold, silver, bronze, and modern age, and over 100,000 trade paperbacks. An example of the prizes you may encounter is Showcase Presents Wonder Woman Volume 1, near mint on sale now for $11.85. 
If you're not into the vintage stock, Mile High Comics also has a subscription service called the New Issue Comics Express, offering a discounted price for comics ready to hit the shelves. Again, examples of the prices you may encounter is August Wonder Woman number 602 for $2.69, written by JMS. So, if you're looking for vintage back issues or a great modern subscription service, be sure to check out milehighcomics.com. Okay, so probably the question on everybody's mind is why episode 7.5, why Wonder Woman? Um... Any of you who know me from Spider-Man Crawl Space, you know that on April 1st, I wrote a review about the Wonder Woman movie, and basically, I thought it was awesome. And I think my guest feels the same way. You just love this movie as well, didn't you? I, I do feel the exact same way, and I have shown this movie to people who know nothing about comics or Wonder Woman, and they, they love it. And you were actually just, the person, yeah, you were the person who told me that I would love it, and even though right. I wasn't the biggest of Wonder Woman fans, so. Yes, and have you been? Oh, so I, have you been converted now? Are you are you now a Wonder <laughs> Woman fan? I'd and, say and so. It, I mean, not a huge one, but I certainly have more respect for the character. So. And am I am I responsible for that? I, I think so. You are responsible for that. Uh, that's pretty cool, then. Yeah, you converted me. There you go. To the cult of Diana. Basically, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it, the movie's awesome. Um, I, I don't remember if it came out before or after the Hulk versus stuff, but I saw the Hulk versus um, cartoons with Wolverine and Thor before I saw this, and those were also more adult-oriented and violent like this one is. Right. But... This one I actually think is a lot more violent than those, because and you know of course in this one we've got the heads getting cut off. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that's the that's like the we've got human sacrifice, <laughs> you know, and so it's a lot, it's a lot more violent and a lot darker even than than the uh, stuff that Marvel started doing there right before this came out, and I think that's why people who I show it to who don't know about the Wonder Woman comic. They everyone knows the character, but they don't you know, aside from you know, she's got a cool outfit and a tiara and an invisible plane, they don't know much of, they know what they saw in Super Friends when they were a kid. Yeah. Um so aside from that, they don't really know that much and when I show them this, they're like, Oh my god, I I never realized, you know, the story could be like this and I've just well, well it wasn't like this until, you know, about the mid eighties. But um you know, thanks to George Perez, really, and, and this this cartoon, I mean, really is just an extension of everything that George Perez had laid out when in the uh, post-crisis uh, Superwoman or Superwoman Wonder Woman. Um, but it's it's a it's a gripping story. Um, it's got action. It's funny. Uh, you know, Nathan Fillion is hysterical. Oh, for sure, yeah. And. There's only one gripe I have about that, but we'll get to that during the commentary. Um, okay. But it's it's just a really good superhero movie. And it's sad now that we're not going to get – or that Warner Brothers wants to pull back from doing anything like this. It's female – with a female character. I, it, right. It's like Wonder, it's like Wonder Woman paves the way to show how awesome it can be. 
But then we're like, okay, hey, thanks, Wonder Woman. Um, now we're going to do this for all the guys, and maybe, maybe later we'll have you know DC, you know DC heroin babies or whatever, and we'll oh, have like gosh, yeah. Baby Batgirl and Baby Supergirl or DC Superhero Squad, where they're all like tiny cartoon versions of you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. just something. I'm scared. That the only thing that the that the female characters are going to get, you know, for like a long time now, will just be stupid stuff. Yeah, and and that's that's sad because this is one of the best comic book movies I've ever seen, and not not like a live action because this is. I mean, you can't really compare this in live action because this is only you know what seventy. It's less than eighty minutes long. Right. Um. But as far as you know, animated, yeah, I, I think hands down, this is this is the best animated cartoon uh, movie from the DC stable that I've seen. Yeah, I certainly agree. And you sort of touched upon, you know, this whole. Um, I mean, this is potentially the last female-led movie that DC is going to do, and that was another right. reason why I wanted to do this episode is because I have, you know, the Batgirl Year One petition out, and uh, I think if people realize how wonderful. Wonder Woman is uh, they can see the potential for Batgirl so and, def- and there, oh I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you no no um, you go ahead but there's really I mean if they marketed it correctly there could be a big market for this stuff especially um, you know I mean because there's a lot of young girls out there that are really into animation that like animation a great deal and You've got things like the Legion of Superheroes, which, if done correctly, could appeal to both guys and girls. You've got things like Supergirl, which is, you know, and Batgirl, which are the two of them right there, are screaming to be marketed towards girls. Right. You know, and and it's not, and the thing is, it's not, it doesn't even have to be girl-oriented. I mean, girls have enjoyed the DC animated stuff, even when it's just Batman and Superman. Yep. And but the, if you I mean there's you could literally market this to younger girls I mean like girls like oh let's say junior high and, and even high school, um, and I I think you know produce movies that are just you know that are or or you know direct to DVD stuff direct to home video uh, market that's tailor made for them you know I mean uh, DC's got you know the uh, got um, you know, Stars and Stripe, you know, with, um, right. was it, Courtney uh, Whitmore. Yep. You know, Stargirl. Um, there's all kinds of potential there. And I'm scared now that that's going to be shuffled off and forgotten. You know, uh, I think they're, they're getting ready, uh, ready next for what, uh, for Greg Weissman's Diversity Squad or whatever oh that is. Gosh, yeah, who knows. King oh, Titans, Young or, Justice, yeah. Young, young yeah, Justice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Basically. Yeah, yeah. and I think um, it's too bad that, you know, they're only relying on the sales of Wonder Woman uh, because I think Wonder Woman compared to Batgirl is less relatable to, um, you know, not only girls but you know, other people. And I think Batgirl is sort of, in, in my impression, the reason why I love her so much is because... Uh, she's sort of the every girl. I think she's really relatable, and I think people either love Wonder Woman or they just don't really want to deal with her. So probably less people check this out. Like me, I wasn't really going to check it out, but then I did, and I totally regretted all that time that I didn't. So. And and why did you check it again? 
I, I checked it out because of you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think, yeah. So to rely on the sales just of this one movie, I think that's terrible. I think Batgirl is going to not only bring in Batman fans, because Batman and Robin are in the Batgirl Year One series, but you're going to bring in every single generation. You're going to have the comic generation. You're going to have the Yvonne Craig generation. Oh, you're going to yeah. have the Batman the Animated Series. It's all these people, and I think Warner's not really realizing all the people they can bring in. So, yeah, which is why you know I'm hoping you know my petition. I'll give a little pimp for that. You know, go to www.gopetition.com/slash/petitions/slash/batgirl-year-one.html. No, I mean it's important to me. We've got over 500 signatures. No, no, I'm just I'm so, I, I'll never get used to you saying pimp. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, maybe it's a dirty word coming from my <laughs> mouth. I don't know. <laughs> But certainly, I hope this was a fantastic movie, and I think Batgirl Year One, if if Wonder Woman is any testament, like Batgirl Year One could probably make me cry just watching it. So yeah. But before we get into this movie, um, do you want to go through either you know your history with the Wonder Woman character, or just the history in general? Because I don't know too much about the comic history of Wonder Woman. Well, I'm you know I'm in my thirties. My first exposure to Wonder Woman was as a kid with Super Friends. I mean, I was I'm old enough to have seen Super Friends when it was originally on television, and so that was my first exposure to Wonder Woman. Um, she didn't really do much in that show. I mean, she did about as much as all of them on that show. I never really got. Of course, I was a little boy, but I never really caught any sort of sexism towards Wonder Woman. I don't remember Wonder Woman having to be rescued a whole lot. I could be totally wrong on that. I haven't watched a Super Friends since I was a kid. Um, but you know what I mean? I mean, a lot of times when you throw a girl into the mix, you see that a lot. Like, the girl has to be rescued. Right. And things like that. Um, which is, you know, we get a nice contrasting moment in this film that we can get to. Remember in the hospital scene that we'll, we'll get to eventually. Yeah, yep. Um, so, I, I, I was never really big into Wonder Woman. I well. I say big into Wonder Woman. I didn't get into Wonder Woman until post-Crisis, post-Crisis um, on Infinite Earths, which I think they rebooted Wonder Woman at number one when George Perez came on to write it and draw it. I want to say that was 86. And I was buying comics at the time. I was a huge Marvel fan. Um, at the time, I was buying almost exclusively Marvel. I was buying Marvel and uh, Batman stuff in 86. And so when they rebooted Wonder Woman, I started checking that out. And it was incredible. It was epic. The stuff that George Perez did on there early on. And of course, George Perez, I mean, he's, you know, from in my book, he's... He's probably the, the best epic penciler. Like, if you, if you want to go epic with the story, if you want the, the story to be huge and sweeping, don't give me Brian Hitch. Give me George Perez. Because <laughs> George Perez will do it and do it with a smile on his face and do it on time before the deadline while Hitch is saying, oh, well, you know, I can't. I'm sick. And this is going to take oh, another gosh. six months. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, in other words, I, Perez is a, is a professional. He's a consummate professional. And... If if I had to have a book that was just going to be epic in scope, I would I would I would ask for George Perez right off the heart, you know, right off the bat. I mean, in a heartbeat. And he really 
took the character and early on tried to make the character into something that wasn't just about a costume, you know, or wasn't just some sort of platform for like extreme, you know, militant feminism. I mean, there were times in Wonder Woman Volume One, like in the late sixties and early seventies, where she's carrying around like machine gun. Oh gosh. I mean, seriously, I, I could show you covers that I would shock you. It's weird because the um, the uh, Justice League uh, New Frontier movie kind of touched on that a little bit at the beginning. I mean, there was a hint of the, you know, towards the end of Volume 1, Wonder Woman in there. And so he really wanted to bring the character back to make it or make her about something, make her a character, make her three-dimensional in a way that she really hadn't been done before, and he really did a good job with it. Um, so that's really when I, when, I got, when I first got into Wonder Woman. And I would kind of float in and out. I didn't really... He only did... Oh, I think I stopped reading after he... He, started, he kept writing it after he stopped drawing it. Um, but whenever it was after he left, I, I kind of lost interest pretty quick. And I... I Got into it briefly again when um, Diodato was drawing it, and I think William Messner Loeb was writing it, and this was in the early 90s, mid-90s. Um, that was when they had Artemis come in as the new Wonder Woman. Oh, okay. And um, I like Diodato's artwork a lot back then. His style is completely different now than what it used to be. But, I mean, he was always good. It's just it's completely changed now. It's kind of like John Romita Jr. You know, it's like you look at Romita Jr. now – and Romita Jr. back then, and they're both good styles, but you can't really even tell it's the same guy, almost, in a lot of cases. Um, so that was that was the extent probably in the 90s, and they brought John Byrne on there, and I didn't feel Byrne really understood the character at all, um, which is sad because Byrne reboots are e- – there's no middle ground. They're either awesome or they suck eggs on a level that you haven't ever seen before. They're not all fantastic for, you know, taking it back to basics or, you know, or Superman. This one was a do- this one Burns Wonder Woman was a turkey. And I didn't I didn't really like it much. Um I got into it in around I guess 2000 or 2001, maybe 02, whenever Phil Jimenez took it over. Because Phil Jimenez took it over and tried to recapture what George Perez had been doing, and had tried to bring the character back to you know back to that, and did a really good job with it. I thought I, I really liked Phil Jimenez as Wonder Woman. Um, so that that probably covers my my history with the character uh, in a nutshell. How does that is that is that a good summation? Yeah, sounds good. Okay. You, you sort of, I guess, stopped when I picked up. I think I started uh, probably two that summer of two thousand five when they rebooted yet again. What is this, volume three? Uh, Jody Picoult was the author, and yeah. um, she was sort of trying to do what you were describing as George Perez doing, uh, sort of getting to this idea of who is Wonder Woman, but behind the actual bustier. Um, and so it was basically. Diana Prince, is that right? Yeah. Okay, and, and you know, you didn't see the costume at all, and um, I, I like the idea of this, but 
I don't know, Bacolt didn't really do as good as a job, so I sort of dropped it. But I heard wonderful things about Gil Simone, and now JMS is on. So I'm intrigued to see, you know, what the character is doing now, but I just sort of had a bad taste in my mouth after well, trying well, it. So They've tried so many different approaches to Wonder Woman. And when they rebooted it, after after Perez, you know, after he was done, and I, I don't remember exactly how many issues Perez went. Um, but, I mean, he really laid the groundwork for someone else to come in and, you know, keep running and telling interesting stories. The problem was everybody who came after that kept trying to reinvent it. Everybody who came in after that kept trying to fix, you know, try, try to, you know, perfect the wheel after the wheel had already been made. And yeah. You know, trying to reinvent the wheel, and it was a mistake. I mean, so many. You know, Burn had taken her out of the costume. Taking her out of the costume is a ridiculous mistake. First of all, because this is one of the more iconic costumes on Earth. Um, for the longest time, when I was a little kid, this was it. I mean, if a girl dressed up as a superhero, she dressed up as Wonder Woman. <laughs> I'm in a time even before Supergirl. I mean, was really that all that popular because you didn't really see a lot of Supergirl stuff but the Wonder Woman stuff was always more popular than Supergirl stuff and even more popular than the Batgirl stuff I mean yeah. I, I, I don't want to throw out heresy on here um, <laughs> or have you have you boot me off your show but it, it just was yeah and so that it's, it's always a mistake every time you have somebody come in and try to reinvent the character and it's been so many times done so many times it was a mistake when they tried to you know, have Artemis become the new Wonder Woman. But at the same time, they were, you know, you had Azrael becoming Batman. You had Superman dying, Superman splitting up into two people. You know, they so much crap gimmicky stuff that they try to pull without, you know, that the story kind of gets lost. The story is like, oh, uh, we'll think about that after we've gotten this other stuff nailed down. Like, what, what are they going to look You know, it's... What they're, what they're going to look like should already be saw, especially with Wonder Woman. You just, it's a costume. She has it. It's hard to screw up. It's iconic for a reason. Let her, let her run with that. Let her be in that costume. Unless she's on the island, and then she can run around half-naked with the other Amazons. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you're sort of touching at a good points. you know, just the, the costume and the idea that we just can't forget that this is sort of the first female hero, you know, coming out in 1941. So right. that's another reason just that she deserves a lot of respect. So I think – and I think she got it, I think, in a wonderful movie. Yeah, um, in this movie and I, I don't – I think the first time we're ever going to see her live action in the, or from here on out will be in the Justice League movie. Yeah. Um, hopefully they don't screw that up. Of course, they're probably going to go with like, I'm so scared they're going to do Justice League babies and they're all going to be 15 oh, or 16, boy. you know. No, that's uh, X-Men first class. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I mean, when when George Miller, the guy that did Road War or uh, Mad Max, had signed on to do it, well, this is just a couple of years ago. Um, that was the intention. They were going to do like Justice Babies. It was going to be the Justice League, but they were all going to be like, I think they were going to be like all teenagers or early twenties or something. It was it's ridiculous. Wow, you know. And what we've seen time and time again is you don't have to make characters teenage to get teenagers interested in them. Yeah. So long as it's done correctly and it's true to form. I mean, the X Men movie, you know, was wildly popular. 
when it first came out, Brian Singer's X-Men movie. And, you know, they weren't all teenagers. They were grown-ups. Storm was a grown-up. Cyclops, Gene were grown-ups. Gene was more grown-up than Cyclops. Um, you know, Wolverine, you know what I mean? I, but now yeah. they're going to you know, breaking that all down and, oh, they all have to be young and vibrant. And, you know, especially uh, young people can tell when they're being pandered to. You know, and I, I think I don't know that that's really going to work. I, I think even young people are going to look at Professor X and say, "Why isn't this guy 50? Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, is it because you think we're going to buy Pepsi now because you're going to throw this bald, you know, British dude on it who, you know, should be older in the movie? You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's just it's it's misguided, I think. And so long as the story's good, uh, and there's a lot of action in it. And, and the characters are are recognizable. The, you know your your team market's going to go. They're going to go see it. I mean, you didn't have to make Batman a teenager and the Joker a teenager for people to go see the Batman movie. Yeah. You know. So it's it's really. So I'm still scared now that Warner Brothers is still wanting to go that way. I'm glad that movie got called off, but I'm still scared that that's the way that they want to do it. Yeah, I'm just worried. You know, I look at all these actresses and, you know, people on the boards try to put up pictures, like, of uh, Megan Fox and everything, and it seems like nobody fits the Wonder Woman profile, you know? I think um, uh, Sandra Bullock would have been good, but now, you know, when she was first rumored, that was, like, ten years ago, and now it seems like it might be too late for her, so it just kind of stinks. And... Whoever they get to play, well, I, honestly, I don't know that, we're, that we'd ever get a Wonder Woman, yeah, solo movie anymore. I think that ship has sailed. I just don't think we're going to get one, um, not anytime soon, anyway. But in the Justice League, whoever winds up playing Wonder Woman is going to be someone who's unknown. I mean, yeah, maybe even a Broadway actress. Um, I, at one point, I even wondered if um, uh, who's Adina the gal from Menzel? Yeah, if, if she might. Not that's, you know be a that's terrible so, yeah you know and so I think once once they finally cast one woman it's going to wind up being someone that most people haven't heard of and she would fall in that category I mean unless you're a Broadway fan right you know you probably don't know who she is or unless you uh, there's people who probably have the soundtrack who don't know who she is you know just because they haven't read the inside liner notes or whatever you know what I mean uh-huh. yeah so I but I think it'll be someone like that I don't think it'll be somebody. Who's proven that they can act or, or you know, who's proven that they have chops in a different venue. Right. You know? I think So I think that's that's probably what we're going to see. Yeah. And, and the Idina, is, she's pretty statuesque, and she certainly has, like, a physique going on. Mm-hmm. So that would, that would work out. I never thought about that. You're broadening my horizons all over the place. I'm, I'm broadening your horizons <laughs> with Broadway. Yeah, well, it's not as if I weren't into Broadway already, but yeah, I know for sure. Are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously we've sort of tossed around the word commentary, so I guess we should just like, what it, What are we going to do here is basically we're going to watch the movie, and something that I've always wanted to do uh, to try out is to watch the movie and actually comment on it. So potentially you guys who are listening could start the movie uh, essentially around the same time we are and listen to the commentary so it's as if we were with you in your bedroom not creepily uh, so right now <laughs> I said not creepy 
Okay, not creepily. Um, we're, we're sitting. The door is open so your parents know you're not doing anything bad. Um, right now we're looking at... Oh, boy. We're looking at the blue dots for the DC thing, the DCU, um, or just right. DC Comics. Yeah. Right on, uh, right on my screen, it's the DC Comics logo. It's like, which is... Right when you first see it, it's like blue, like little circles that are like lights, and they're fir- it's like they're first coming onto the screen. That's that's what I'm looking at right now. Basically, yeah. So we're both there. So I mean, that's yeah. Just get to that point, and then you know when I say go, whenever that happens, you know, just press play, and basically, hopefully, we'll all be synced. So, um, so we're gonna give you like a minute to get ready, and uh, for a minute, George and I are gonna play word association. <laughs> Because <laughs> I thought it'd be run- random and funny. Uh, Pickle. Uh, juice. <laughs> what? What? I Acid. read an article the other day. Hang on, I read an article the other day. Pickle juice is good for muscle cramps. Oh, I tried to drink it once, but I just couldn't handle it. They're too saying much. that, like, uh, if you get a muscle cramp, like, you drink pickle juice in it, and your cramp goes, goes away 45% away. faster. Oh, boy. Uh, acid. Trip. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Woodstock. <laughs> Snoopy. <laughs> Red Baron. Uh, Germany. Uh, Nazis. Uh, Hitler. This is this is where we're going with this. this is Mustache. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson. Oh, good one. Uh, flat top. Itchy. Um, gold bond. Uh, powder. Um, hemorrhoids. Ouch. <laughs> Band-Aid? Bleed. Franken-Beans? Franken-Berry. I don't know what that is. That's a cereal. Is it really? Milk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Count Chocula, Franken-Berry, and uh, Blueberry. Oh. I don't know if... Do they make that anymore? Um, I do. I, I, I think that they do make it, but you... Uh, I think it's rare to find it. You, Count Chocula is all over the place. Yeah. Uh, what did you say? Milk. Sugar. Powder? Donuts. Filling? Tooth. Oh, wow. Where are we going with this? Uh, cavity. Creep. Creeper. What? Creeper. You can't do that. I don't know. Uh, you just what? throw an ER on the end of my word. Uh, Edward. Uh, uh, King. Um, it? Thing. <laughs> Swamp thing? Man thing. And I I think that's a good good stopping point. I don't I can't come up with anything after man thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I was gonna wait, yeah. No, that's I, a Marvel guy. Yeah. Then all of a sudden I started thinking of uh that chick, what's her name? That was in the Swamp Thing movie. Oh, Adrian Barbeau? No. Yes. No, the girl she was also on Night Watch or whatever it was called. Night Heather Locklear. She was in Swamp Thing. She was in Swamp Thing too, and nobody counts that. If, well, if you, you know, it, I liked it when I was a kid, so you need to count it, sir. No, no, no. If you're talking hot girls from Swamp Thing, you're going Adrian Barbeau. Oh gosh, what she's like sixty something, and she's still hot. Here we go. She's she's got like whatever uh, genes that Helen Mirren has. Oh boy, Hel- where they're sixty yeah, something bring- and they look, oh, where they're sixty something and they look hot in a bikini. Oh boy. I don't think I'd like to see Helen Mirren in a bikini. It's hot. Trust uh, me. Uh-huh. 
Anyways, hopefully that was like two minutes for you people. So hopefully you're ready to go. You're you're, you're seeing blue dots. No, uh, they're googling Helen Mirren bikini. That's what they're oh, doing. Please don't. No, what did I tell you? Pe- no, seriously, people, you need to realize that when you Google things, you don't understand. Like there, I'll give you an example. No, I'll give you an example. Shocker! I Google shocker, and then all of a sudden I get these bad things, and I'm looking for shocker the Spider-Man villain. It's not a good idea to Google things. You that's don't because understand. that's because your search skills are are lame. Your game is lame. You have to put in shocker in <sighs> quotes, yeah. Marvel in quotes. Whoa, no, that's too much. I put in one word and enter, and the first thing that I need should probably pop up. So. <laughs> You have to fight your attention span to be able to type two terms in quotes? That's too much. Yeah, too much for me. Ah, 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 I'm ah, so- <laughs> okay, so hopefully you're looking at the blue dots. I'm basically going to pretend to be a Cape Canaveral countdown person, and I'll just start from 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, blast off, and blast off. You will click enter, play, whatever's on your handy remote. And we will commence our commentary. After the commentary, we will wrap it up and discuss a couple things that we definitely have uh, that we're definitely going to discuss, and um, and then give a great. Well, I don't want to give any uh, clues as to what we were going to discuss. Don't, don't okay. jump ahead in the show notes. Yeah, I don't want to. Uh, well, that's not even. On, well, it's in my little composition notebook, but not in my. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's not like a nerd saying composition notebook. Okay. Five. Four, three, two, one, go. Oh, maybe I should unmute my TV. That'd be awesome. I should probably turn mine down. I got like digital surround sound up in here. Wow, yeah. Lucky. Okay, so now we should be right there is the battlefield? Yes. Okay, good. Now see, right there, look at that. I mean, that's beautiful. Yes, it is. And here comes the violence. And and see, people my age are used to seeing, like, superhero cartoons where, you know, two people square off and maybe throw a tree at one another and the other guy dodges and there's an avalanche and they both stop fighting. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're not used to seeing people shot with arrows or women getting killed on the battlefield. You know, right off the bat. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the hail of arrows there. I like the Minotaurs on the battlefield. That's that's a good thing. Hippolyta's entrance. Hot. <laughs> well, she is. What? She is? No, she, she's striking. Look at her. It's pretty intense, yeah. She just threw off like 20 guys. I love how the horses are even tough. You know, like the horse takes a tumble and the horse is like back is up it? and ready for more. I'm ready. Let's Rub do it. Rub some dirt on it. Yeah. For my fallen master or mistress, whatever. Sister. Like, I think this is the first decapitation. Is No, okay. I guess that's the winged thing coming up, isn't it? Yeah. I, whenever I see it, I always think it's Hawkman in the air, but it's silly of me <laughs> I to hope think it's not that. Hawkman. <laughs> yeah, that'd be Hawkman. <laughs> He's a little out of it. Well, he does die and reincarnate often, so maybe he was. But he wouldn't be in ancient Greece. He'd be in ancient Egypt. No, that's true. Come on. Sorry. (laughs) I love that the tiara can do this. I've never seen the tiara, you know, cut someone's head off before, before I saw this. And I was like, wow, that's new. Okay. 
here yeah, it comes. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. So awesome. Whoa. Oh. See that first decapitation? That was sort of my, I guess, clue that this is going to be like a serious movie, and it's it's on like Donkey Kong. Like, oh, it is on like Donkey Kong. I love the Doctor Octopus is the voice of Ares. Oh yes, Alfred Molina, good choice. Yeah. So many yellow, I throw the whip. <laughs> and then, of course, you have Virginia Madsen, who is fantastic as well. Yeah, they really, you know, I've always liked Warner's voice casting. Always, 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 they've always done such a good job with the voice casting. Oh, look at—I mean, look at this. This is violent. Apollo is hot. Oh my gosh! She is. She's got a sword. Although sometimes, well, we'll get into that. I, I, I'll mention that later. Look at that. I mean, like she hits the the pillar and the, it's crumbly and you know. I love that. And it was with, uh, yeah, Persephone. Did you, see, did you see who did her voice, Persephone? Uh, that is Vicki Lewis. Yeah, I'm not sure if I know who that is. She is a Broadway actress, but she really? was... Uh, yeah. She, did you ever see the Godzilla movie? The really bad one that was done like in the like, 1999? The With American Matthew one? Broderick? Yeah. No. Well, okay. yes, I've seen it, yes, but... There's a member of like like when he gets like recruited for the science team or whatever. There's a there's a redheaded member of the science team who's like all about him and is like throwing him vibes from the get go, saying, "Oh wow, you're hot, you're hot, you know, you're cute." Um, that's Vicky Lewis. Oh, I can't believe it. She's like 50 now. It makes me feel old. Poor Alexa. Yeah, I know Tara Strong, which is fantastic. Supergirl. No, Batgirl. Yeah, Batgirl, the second one, yeah. Or, yeah. Wasn't she also um, Galatea in Justice League? Or is that somebody else? No, that was somebody else. Okay. Okay. Uh, what? No, there's a... I have a problem oh. coming up, I was going to say. Oh, here we go. <laughs> this is why you don't dodge in vo- a volleyball, because someone else gets hurt. But I basically oh. thought that Persephone was dead. I, I don't know. <clears throat> I thought you had a problem with, like, the double nut crunch that one guy got. <sighs> that, yeah. See, shouldn't she be dead? Look at all that blood coming out of her face. I don't know. No, she looked at her. It's just a, just an eye wound. Just a scratch. Tis a scratch. These are Amazons. I mean, you could cut, a, you could cut someone's arm off, and they're just going to get up, rub dirt on it, and keep going. <laughs> Unless it's Alexa. My books. My books. Oh, gosh. Wow. I like that Ares, really all of the guys in his, I mean, all of, and even the women, uh, the, they all look like they could be classical Greek. I mean, they're all, you know, they've all got these, like, chiseled classical features, you know. I mean, they, they almost look Roman, you know, in some... In yeah, some... I have a problem with the uh, the Hades characterization, but we'll get to that when that... Oh, second decapitation. Oh, yeah. Look at that. And that one, yeah. It's so... I, I mean, you're just not expecting to see it. And then... This is a great scene. Oh, 
like the Godfather. Look what I did to my boy. I want you to use all your powers, all your skills. I don't want him to be able to see this way. I can, I can't do it. Out of this Jorel. Oh gosh. That's why um, it would be so weird to combine the DC and the Marvel universes into one universe. Like if there was some sort of crisis event where they both combined, you would have to completely rewrite some things. Like in the in the Marvel universe, Hera is a bad guy. Well, I mean, this Hera is. From my experience of Hera slash Juno, I mean, she usually is, like, pretty pretty feisty. She wouldn't be this calm about everything. And there would definitely be some problems between Wonder Woman and the Marvel Hercules. Oh, yeah, true. Because the DC Hercules is pretty, pretty despicable. Although, they touched on that with Marvel Hercules. Like, he's done bad things in his life. But he's, you know, he spent all that time since then trying to atone for it. Yeah. Marge Helgelberger from CSI Voices, yeah. Marge, Marge Helgenberger. There you go. From China Beach. That was her first big start in TV. Now she's on CSI and she's hot. Oh my gosh. What? She is. She's cute. <laughs> Welcome to the Island of Women. Look at the ziggurat in the back. A couple of ziggurats nice. right there, yeah. And populate the island with hot chicks. No. Oh, my gosh. You're what? itching to get to that discussion right away, aren't you? No. I'm just... Well, I mean, that's... Has, have you seen an ugly girl on Themyscira yet? Oh, that's true. Remember, uh, well, we'll get to that in the end. This is a sort of touching scene. It is. I mean, creating, yeah, yeah your own child. Yeah. And this was, uh, and Wonder, uh, George Perez's Wonder Woman, uh, volume two, number one, um, this this happened like at the end of the story. It was like a huge issue or a huge book, and uh, at the, at the dead end, that's when Hippolyta got you know um, or created Wonder Woman, created Diana. They have giant statues of hot chicks. Oh, probably just Hippolyta. I like Rosario Dawson as Artemis. Yeah, I think, and Artemis really has some of the more clever lines as well. She she does, but I, I don't know. A couple of times, I feel like they kind of overplay her. Like like she's trying to prove she has the biggest penis on the island. Oh gosh, I'm serious. I mean, sometimes she's too much of a bitch. I think, you know, especially to her sister. Yeah, well, she's just uh, shamed, I guess, that her sister enjoys philosophers rather than fighting. I'm, I'm totally going to eat this little tiny muffin here right now. I'm just, I'm, oh my gosh. I'm snacking during the movie. 
Virginia help. Madison, she uh, she played Roulette on Justice League Unlimited, so she's no stranger to animation. I didn't know that was Virginia Madison that played that. Yeah. Okay, now, Diana looks a little like Pocahontas. What? Yeah, if you look at her in the Disney Pocahontas, a lot of, like, if they're showing her at the profile or sometimes, you know, like, or that certain way she, you know, where she's got her head and she looks, you know, where her hair is at that weird left angle. Perhaps Alexa's right. Is it not possible man's world has changed for the better? Unhappy. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you are not my daughter. <laughs> Follow me to the bathing pools. Oh, no, to the jail. Oh, my word. I jumped the gun on that, sorry. Yeah, oh, my. <laughs> See, oh, hey. I, I just don't know about that chick. Persephone? Yeah. Oh, probably doesn't help that she's holed up in this tomb with no sunlight. She's looking very pale. I love how her eyes just sort of flare open, you know. <gasps> a man! Because it is, it's like the first time she's seen a guy. Yeah. Here we go. Now we get now we get to the fun. <laughs> oh, the pucker factor. Yeah. I'm so let down that Nathan Fillion is not playing Hawkeye. That he's going to play Dr. Pym or whatever. I actually read uh, a book by Norman Mailer called uh, The Naked and the Dead, and uh, they, they warned some of sort of the newer or younger, I guess, recruits in World War II that, you know, you really need to squeeze your butt cheeks uh, tight because, you know, if something happens, like, really, you sort of lose everything. So, yeah. makes sense. Yeah. The pucker factor. Yeah. And see, this goes back to, as we go through the dogfight, I guess this is a good time for me to bring up my Steve or my Steve Trevor theory for Wonder Woman. That the book's actually suffering for not having Steve Trevor in it. Because they've actually they've actually given her different boyfriends at different times, but they never work out. And you know, because there's never been a stable writer on that book. They're bringing a new boyfriend, and the writer's gone as soon as the new writer comes in, or the boyfriend's gone, you know, just really quickly. So, but having Steve Trevor in there, some of the at least DC fans, now I think DC fans could at least get interested if she had a stable, a stable thing going, you know, if she wasn't, you know, skipping from guy to guy. And, and really, they're, they're like platonic relationships for the most part, you know? I mean, she'll go out with somebody they may go to dinner or something like that she doesn't you know she doesn't ever let loose no one ever get you know be human get your freak on oh my gosh well not in that not necessarily in those terms but you know what I mean I mean just 
she can't be stuffy all the time. You know what I mean? I mean, even in this cartoon, I mean, there's that moment where she finally realizes, you know, maybe I'm just an uptight bitch. Oh, pardon me. Excuse me. I didn't mean to. Uh, I didn't mean to swear. I'm sorry. Perhaps you'd be better served by a less restless mare, princess. She'll be fine once I run it out of her. She's just been cooped up in the stable too long. I know just how you feel. This one's. This part's kind of overstated. Using the horse as a metaphor for her while she's right there. I don't like that so much. But you know I prefer the excitement of a good book. Dog fight's pretty uh pretty violent. I had a problem with uh some of the aerial maneuvers that they do because like F fifteens and things like that don't really turn that way. Do you hate the dog fight scene? No, I mean I think it's uh it's a good scene. I thought that um I mean obviously they try to make it more emotional by having, you know, both of his partners. Well you have to get rid of everyone anyways, I guess, to get Steve Trevor alone, so Right. But I think it also, you know, it puts it into modern context because otherwise this could sort of just be wandering around throughout time like Wonder Woman could be set in any time but I think you know this sort of makes it contemporary it makes it relate to us so for that reason I think it's good like this right here yeah that doesn't really happen <laughs> uh, yeah it seemed a little unbelievable that kind of breaks the laws of aerodynamics <laughs> you know and um, I love how as soon as he gets behind the other pilot the other pilot absolutely takes no evasive maneuvers whatsoever he just sort of keeps floating around saying, well, maybe he won't shoot me. You know? Yeah, I don't understand this. Who is that? Who punched the, uh, who punched the wall so we could yeah, see? Yeah, was it Hippolyta? I, I don't... Um... No, I, th- I think it was probably... Well, it's not Diana, because Diana's not there. Yeah, I don't know. So, it's kind of strange. But then it wouldn't make sense for Hippolyta to punch the wall. Well, I mean, but she's the only one there. It's not Alexa. Persephone's in the jail. Yeah. It's not Artemis. Well, m- maybe it's Artemis. That'd be funny if it was Artemis. 
So he's going to get out, and then him and R2-D2 are going to swim to the shore, and the plane will sink, and then Yoda will come out and raise it for him. Oh, boy, yeah. Oh, here we go. You need to simmer down, sir. What? <laughs> this is a realistic depiction of what an Amazonian island would look like. That's true. But I st- now, here's the question. Is this cheesecake, yes. or is it, you know... Because actually the first time I saw it, at first I was like, okay. But then I thought, well, this is sort of like straight out of, you know, Latin literature. You know, the locus amoinus, this pleasant spot. where, And then, you know, bad things happen when mortals wander upon goddesses um, bathing. He has, he has landed so. on the island of Lesbos. Oh, boy. Um, no, I, it's it's both. I mean, at first when he's seeing them and they're just... Bathing naked in the water. That's one thing, you know, but as soon as they start splashing and playing, that's the cheesecake. You know, and then they come out from the waterfall, swimming like mermaids, coming up. Oh, hey, look, we're hot and naked. So apparently Artemis is the uh, flash of Themyscira because she certainly was running as fast as that mare. Yeah, she was running as fast as uh, one of one's horse. Yeah. The horse that longs to be free and can't be tamed, or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Look, it's Pocahontas. Follow me, John Smith. Oh my gosh. She does. She looks like Pocahontas. I wouldn't tell, uh, like, you know, if you ever wind up getting, you know, someone from Warner Brothers Animation on your show, like Lauren Montgomery or somebody, I wouldn't say, oh, my friend George says it's totally Pocahontas. Uh, It would make sense, though. I don't see it, so I won't probably mention it. Well, Lauren Montgomery, um, who directed this and who directed uh, the Green Lantern thing and also uh, part of Superman Doomsday, who designed all these guys... um, she was in, she's very heavily inspired and influenced by Disney. Oh, okay. So, so it kind of it would kind of make sense. Yeah. Nothing's wrong. I mean, Pocahontas is hot. See, so here we go. Ooh. See what I mean? It's overstated sometimes. Welcome to the island of hot girls. Allow me to tie you up with this rope. Okay, I've got an interesting thing to point out about the rope. About the lasso. All right? Okay. All right. So he says, what do you, you know, what he says there, he's into the kinky stuff when she ties him up. But then she activates it. See how it glows, it glows there? Yeah. Okay. It oh, yeah, it, it doesn't glow at one point. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Because <laughs> I, I, th- I saw that too. About oh, you, uh, her rack, right? It didn't oh, light up when he says that. You totally steal my thunder. Sorry. That was all I had. I'm, I'm just going to go now. Unfamiliar with this particular idiom. Oh, man. I love that. No, forget I even said it. It's another word for 
I love the way you know she just yanks on the rope like ah. Oose. Speak, male. Yeah, see, and you know, she's sitting here dissing him, and then yeah, and then he just throws it out. Yeah. The the rope doesn't go off at all. Yeah, but then I wonder if they don't know what crap is, should they know what like the euphemism rack is? I just I don't understand about that. Well, I mean, what else is is rack gonna mean in that context? Your daughter a rack of ribs. He can't even see her ribs. ribs. All he can see is her cleavage and her uh, face. uh, I think they're smart enough to put two and two together. That, you know. Poor Persephone. She has to hide her scar. She's like Madame Mask, but without the mask. You know, Hippolyta was uh, the Wonder Woman from the JSA, right? No, I did not know that. Yeah, in the in the current JSA, although I think they've written that out now. I'm not sure because I've stopped reading DC after the unending, of, you know, crisis events. Um, but yeah, I mean, when they rebooted the Mar- or uh, the DC universe, um. After you know, with the first crisis, they had the that the Wonder Woman from the JSA was actually Hippolyta and wasn't Diana. Yay! I love you, Alexa. See, I have a problem sort of getting a gauge of Wonder Woman's age. Because sometimes she acts, you know, really adult-like, and then other times... I think she's probably in her early 20s, but she's probably as naive and innocent as, like, a 16-year-old or something, like, from the country or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love the trials. I love that, you know, that women actually get injured and... You get the, you kind of get the hint that they've died during these things, you know. Well, like gladiatorial games. Yeah. Certainly. I was sort of surprised Artemis didn't join in, but I guess she would really sweep the competition. Well, I, that and I don't know. Artemis wanted to kill the guy. I mean, that's true. Hippolyta may think, you know what? If I let her take him back, this guy's never going to see the light of day. She's going to emasculate him and leave him for the carrion birds. If you ever had to race anybody Ooh, in a chariot, uh, do you think you could do it? Do you think you could win a chariot race? Uh, probably not. Diana. No, nah, it's kind of intense. So what's her deal? Her deal is that I will personally castrate you if you come within five See? Of her. Yeah. See how they overstate it sometimes? You know what I mean? Well, I guess they just want her to be a really intense character that's opposite of Diana. I guess. But, I mean, then Diana sort of becomes Artemis when she's actually in man's world, so... She does, when she's all defensive and everything. Yeah. 
But then she has to realize that she's wrong, which is a, which is a good part. Oh wait, you mean you're not all evil and horrible? This is the most raw scene in the movie for me. Right here with uh, Persephone and Alexa. I was pretty shocked when it happened when I first saw it. Yeah, I was shocked too. And the dashing of the waves disturbeth him not. In the instant. Oh, and there it is. Yeah. Yeah. Very disturbing. It has aided me much in recent And it's it's bad enough that Persephone betrays her in the Amazons and murders her own well she doesn't murder her, she just stabs her, but then she lets the man murder her sister. Remember? Yeah. Because like she stabs her sister in the back, Alexa's laying there dying, but she's still alive. She frees Ares and then Ares comes out and smothers her. I mean that's you know. That's just crazy. That's why you don't dodge in vo- volleyball. So you won't get stabbed in the back by your sister? Well, because Alexa dodged and then uh, Persephone got that terrible scar and then, yeah, it all came back. Back against her. So if you dodge in volleyball, Alexa dies. Well, whoever dodges, yeah, gets hurt. Is that like the terrorist winning? The what? The terrorist winning. You know how I say that? You know, they're like... You know, if if this happens, then the terrorists win. Okay. (laughs) This is intense. The bow and arrow firing scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because they just keep doubling up the... uh, or adding, yes. you know, and more and more archers. As I was watching this for the, you know, getting getting prepped today for the big show, I um, I was thinking uh, Wonder Woman would probably beat the hell out of like Bullseye because I mean his only thing is you know he just throws yeah that stuff. he can shoot stuff yeah you know. And then she cut his head off. I like that she kills people. I think she ought to kill people more in the comic books. He had to look at the flag to realize that it was doubling. Wow. Okay. Okay, yeah. Steve Treasurer. Wow. Well, I think that was. You know, that was just their way of saying that. Her costume is, you know, meant to blend in better with America. What? Shock. Gasp. Yeah, I'm really surprised her mother, like, no chastising at all by her mother. I don't know. Unless it was Hippolyta that hit the thing to begin with and then realized that, you know. I like the little curls thing on the side of Hippolyta's hair like the little you know little cheek curls those are cute listen to me what am I those are cute and you didn't want to do the first uh hush (laughs) so was Alexa literally uh Artemis's sister yeah because that's kind of how okay I always took it as they were actually siblings 
not sort yeah. of the yeah okay. Well, they all run around calling one another sister. Right, right. But yeah, I, from those, I love that. I love the bustier scene. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, frankly, I'd like to know if they're still living in like the fourth century BCE, basically, where this invisible jet came from. It was Steve Trevor's jet. Oh, and they made it invisible. Yeah. With what technology? They're Amazons. They have an island that they that they turn invisible. Ooh. What? Him whistling the at her? The wolf was yeah. That's hot. I like that they let him be a male in this. And not just like a, you know what I mean? Not like a metrosexual male. But like an actual, honest to God, red meat, you know? You know, just all-American guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I think that's the only way for it to work. You have to make him like the, you know, represent everything these these women think that they hate. So that, you know, by the time Diana realizes how wrong she is, he's even more charming to her, you know. I yeah. just It's funny because I just read earlier this week, I read a, um, I read an article that said that studies are showing that women now are more attracted to guys who aren't modest guys who are you know kind of proud and you know I don't want to use the word braggers but you know are, are, are like John Wayne they're they're more attracted to guys like, like uh, John Wayne than they are like to the metrosexual guys now which makes sense because all they've had for the last you know 10 years or so is these metrosexual guys who are worried about having a clean apartment and you know the right shoes You know, this is a. Uh, yeah, this is wheels off. I. Wheels uh, <laughs> off. It is, is. The second time that. Uh, well, there could be more, but that Carrie Russell and uh, Nathan Fillion have worked together. I don't know if you've seen The Waitress, but it was a rather good movie. An Adrian Shelley movie. Um, she directed that. Adrian Shelley uh, was oh, okay. the actress. She had done a lot of stuff, and she was murdered not long after that movie was made. Yeah, I recall hearing about that. She was a good actress. I liked her a lot. Adrienne Shelley. Very cute girl. Redhead. Um, this part I like, you know, but at the same time, I have expected for, you know, us to cut back to that scene and show, like, the boys on the ground bleeding. After she taught the little girl how to go sword fight them. I love the roar. I love the roar she gives out when the, the little girl, you know, roar when she's chasing the guys down. That's cute. Maybe I can help. My job allows me access to sophisticated surveillance technology. It might help your search. I will see what your technology has to offer. First, let's get you into something. Oh, yeah. The- get me arrested for solicitation. The solicitation line made me think of uh, one night when um, it was either we were we were ragging on Spidey Dude about uh, the hoodie, yeah, the Clone Saga hoodie, and uh, I pointed out that the Clone Saga hoodie could uh, get you arrested for solicitation in San Francisco. Oh gosh! 
Who is this it's, chick? This is Etta Candy. Etta Candy, when Wonder Woman, during the Golden Age, she was Wonder Woman's friend, but she was a short, fat girl. Oh, she's All not right? short and fat in here. When I say, well, this is the Golden Age, and when I say, you know, she was short and fat in the Golden Age, I mean she was short. She was like maybe four foot tall and chunky, you know, and Wonder Woman was always trying to get her to go on a diet. And she wouldn't do it because she just liked eating too much. And um, she's been retooled like in the last, oh, after Crisis, she was actually still chunky. Um, I don't know how, when they retooled her, but they retooled her after, I think after one of the Crisis events and she was... uh, her and, Steve, her and Steve Trevor were like younger but married. They had married one another. So that was another mistake. You take Steve Trevor further away from Wonder Woman. But yeah, here they play her off as like this hot, you know, sultry blonde chick. Imagine a god whose sole mission is to propagate terror, to incite eternal war and fan the flames of hate. Do you wish that uh, it had been Oracle giving them this info? Uh, I don't think it would have matched up timeline-wise. Would that have freaked you out? Would that have broken your mind? If she just randomly popped up? Yeah. I don't know what I would have done. So she's bent over. Okay, from a guy's standpoint, I'm going to point this out to you. Oh, here we go. She's bent over with with this cleavage right in his face. And then she's like, must you flirt with me? Well, you know, dude, he's a guy. Yeah, he kind of has to. It's a universal law. The bar scene is kind of funny and sad. Oh, yeah, I think it's rather funny. When she makes a comment about weed, like, that's one of the things. I think they did so much classical research in this, you know? Talk about Lita and and, uh, her rape by, well, she doesn't say rape, but basically she was raped by Jupiter when he turned into a swan, so. There's a lot of rape in the old Greek stories. Oh, for sure, yeah, basically. I mean, it was, you know. I had bought um, when I was getting in, into Greek mythology as a as a young kid. Normally, for uh, for uh, guys, they start getting into stuff like that around fifth grade or sixth grade, you know. And they start wanting to learn about the Greek gods. At least that for guys my age back then, when we were younger. And there was a book by Edith Hamilton. You've probably heard it or read about it. You know, I think it was actually called Mythology. But it collects a lot of, I think it was published in the 40s, it collects a lot of the old Greek stories, and it's got a lot of really good illustrations in there. And uh, I had, you know, I hadn't read it since I was a kid, and I took my uh, my friend's stepson to Half Price Books when I was babysitting him one day, and uh, he's, I guess he's 10 now, and he wanted to buy a book, and so I 
I saw this thing. I saw this this book that I had read when I was a kid. You know, that got me into Greek mythology and everything. And I bought it for him. Um, it was a really nice edition, you know, and it was only six bucks. And so I bought it, and I said, "Now you've got to promise to share this with your brother." And he was like, "All right." His little brother's eight. And then I get home, and he's playing with his toys, and we're watching. I don't know something and uh, then I start I start going to the book and then realizing that I, all the, you know I had forgotten all the rape and stuff in there what was awkward them staring at each other yes well him staring at her and her feeling awkward I could just tell what she was thinking uh, she likes him no I don't think so she totally likes him I don't think so that's why she's fighting with him there's no. She's attracted to him because she's fighting with him. I don't think so. That's I'm telling you, that's how it works. A lot of times when a woman goes out of her way to fight with a guy like that, it's because she, she's attracted to him. I doubt it. So so she's attracted to these goons right here. No, she's just going to beat the hell out of them. But no, I mean, like Steve Trevor, she's actually arguing with She's not hitting him in the face. That was Artemis hitting I, It could be argued that Artemis probably likes Steve even more. I like how she just starts tossing these guys around like rag dolls. And how she states off, you know, right off the bat, she's like, maybe I want someone to get hurt. You know? I like how she takes off her heels. Yeah. Oh, she doesn't do it yet. But yeah, I, I, that was pretty realistic, I thought, because there's no way. Normally, when I'm used to seeing a cartoon character take off her heels, I'm, I'm used to it being American made from the tick, in which case she uses them as weapons. She, like, throws them around like boomerangs. There we go. Yeah. Now the gunplay. Now she's got the bracelets. I love it when she when she when she blocks stuff with her with her bracelets. That's always a good time. Look at that. I mean, she throws this guy like twenty feet. You know. They raise good stock at them, Oscar. Good. She's made of clay. No, it wasn't clay. It was silt, dirt, sand, whatever. Earth, there. Smarty, smarty pants. Oh! It's Medusa. It's not Medusa. Medusa's a dude. It's Medusa. Actually, Demos is the Greek god of despair. Is that right? Oh, I I don't know. There's Phobos and Demos. They're twins. Phobos, Phobos is a god is, of fear. Yeah. And Demos is his his twin brother, and he's like the god of despair. And they're both uh, the kids of Aridite or Aridite, Ares and Aphrodite. <laughs> Aridite. I just draw, I make them like a gestalt being, and then you know, like one side's male and the other side's female. Well, it's those shipper names, you know, like Clovis, but it's like C H L Y. Oh God! You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shipper names, like Twincest. I don't know what that is. That was that was the name that came up for people who were uh, shipping uh, uh, George Weasley. Oh, I know. 
there was there was a ship for everything back then. Trust me. And before people think I'm weird, I only know that because I have younger cousins. So don't don't f- out. <clears throat> I had to get worse than Harry Potter, so I'd have something to talk to my little cousins about. And it was actually my uh, folks who got me into Harry Potter initially. They went and saw that movie. I was just I had skipped it. I had a friend of mine who tried to get me to read one of them one time. He said, this is actually good. And I said, no, I can't. And, you know, it's kid stuff. And then my parents went to go see that movie and called me to go see this. It's awesome. Now I ended up liking the first movie, and then I went and read the books. Or at the time, there was only four books, so I read the first four books. Yeah, see, now she's fighting barefoot. Yeah, yeah. That's a little unrealistic, but we'll let that she's go. She's an Amazon. She runs around that island all the time, bear. But that's gotta hurt. She's not. She's not a uh, a hobbit. Okay, she can't handle. I don't think she can handle that. She has thick feet. Maybe she's got like really like weird feet. You know, all the way like Megan Fox has screwed up thumbs. Trust me, buddy. You don't have a choice. Might as well answer the question. I answer only to Ares. Oh, snakes are nature's arsenic, or what are the cyanide pills? I, yeah, I, the the god suiciding himself kind of is a little off. So the back in the invisible jet. I don't remember this part today. Why do I not remember? This must have been when I got up to make a sandwich. Although I've seen this thing like half a dozen times now, you'd think I'd remember. Oh, uh, and this is about to be where they where they finally confront Ares and Persephone yeah. in the underground city or whatever. Okay, yeah, I remember it now. That guy, he's dead. She totally broke his neck or something. Well, you see when she breaks somebody's he Well, I just, I don't know. It seems out of character. Steve snapped his neck. Oh, for her to kill people? Well, Steve totally killed somebody. Well, I mean, Steve is not an Amazon. Steve can't throw some guy, you know, 50 feet. But he could have, like, karate chopped him in the neck and knocked him out. Why, why is there a need to kill? Because he's a soldier. Okay. And he's and he's, not, he's not Captain America. He's just a regular guy. Okay. I guess I'm just so used to, uh, I don't know. Well, this I mean, code of ethics, you know, and I guess you're you're saying it doesn't necessarily exist in this world. It doesn't exist with Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's not going to needlessly kill somebody. But I mean, she's a warrior. I mean, she kills people in the comic books. Yeah, like that guy what was his name. Maxwell Lord. Yeah. I mean, she killed, she killed Maxwell Lord, but Maxwell Lord had it coming. Maxwell Lord needed to get killing. I mean, I, I think, you know, her situation is, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to kill you if I don't have to, but, you know, if I got to, if I got to kill you, I got to kill you. But Steve, I mean, he can't, you know, he can't bench press a tank. Yeah, he's going to snap a guy's neck. He can't sit there, you know, tangoing with one guy. 
you know, while she's taking out half an army, he's got to back her up. You know, where he can do that is break a neck or throw a knife into somebody's face. That's awesome. Like, see, those guys. Yeah, they're dead, see? She just, she just TR'd, like, those two guys. That was kind of grisly, wasn't it? Is that like the little blood trails, like when they drug the bodies off? No, I don't think that's a blood trail. I'm pretty sure it was blood. I think it was just uh, their weight drawing in the uh, in the uh, the earth. I think you're living in a fantasy world. Oh, whatever. Okay, so what? Sacrifice. Well, sacrifices happen. Obviously, sacrifice of Iphigenia, um, the daughter of. Agamemnon, uh, to you know, to get fair winds to go to Troy, but why not sacrifice uh, Persephone? When I first saw this, I thought he was about to grab her and throw her on the slab. Yeah, why not? Yeah. I think it, it was made to give us that impression, but why not do it? Well, because for story purposes, she's what makes our, uh, Hippolyta at the end realize that this is all Hippolyta's fault for closing the Amazons off to the outside world for so long. You know? Yeah. Because this, I mean, she, Hippolyta looks at Persephone and realizes, you know, if I hadn't, maybe this is my fault because I've, I've sequestered these hot women on this tropical paradise island for so long. My subtitles are saying that they're speaking in Latin, but I actually think it's Greek, but... Because Letha means uh, stone, but... Well, Latin's probably not that far from Greek, is it? Uh, Not terribly, but I mean, there are, like, major differences, and I don't think... This is more of a Greek world, not a Latin world, so... Yeah, this is totally a Greek world. Yeah, so I don't think it would... But there, but then again, you know, Alexis starts speaking Latin at some point, but she reads all the philosophers, so that sort of makes sense. I love the way they just have her run and move in this thing. It's really good. It's really very well done. The action in here is really great. Oh, wow. Now, see, is Steve going to... Oh, no. Steve's going to get hit and hurt a lot. Yeah, see, normally, I mean, yeah, you're used to hearing about human sacrifices and stuff like that and, and, you know, ancient Greek mythology. Not so much in the superhero movie, you know? Well, when this is deep so much in that mythology, you know, it makes sense. Right. It'd be a little weird for, like, the Red Skull to sacrifice somebody. Though I'm sure he would do it, but, yeah. And I don't know that you can really tell the story without, you know, or, or tell it effectively without that kind of violence. Which is weird, you know, because I'm always like, well, I, I Wonder Woman's a little different. Well, I, I don't know that I can say that because I'm always saying, you know, there shouldn't be all this violence and, sub, you know, questionable subject matter in Spider-Man. 
because you know I should be able to take up a copy of Spider-Man and be able to give it to you know like a, a five-year-old kid and then not be worried that it's going to be something that he shouldn't see you know but uh, you know Wonder Woman should be the same thing with with little girls I mean you should be able to like take a Wonder Woman comic and give it to like a like a little girl you know yeah but at the same time I don't think that's very realistic anymore because. The way I've taken Wonder Woman is Wonder Woman's like this total, you know, warrior vixen. Yeah, it sucks to be that guy. That's right out of Hellboy. <laughs> it is. Did you ever see Hellboy? Yes. They should do a Hellboy Wonder Woman crossover because both of them, you know, have history with World War Two, you know, and Nazi stuff. They should totally have a uh, Hellboy Wonder Woman thing, or or maybe not. I just don't know how that would work with with stuff. <laughs> Unless when they go to uh, see Hades. Yeah. And he gets to meet his son. Oh, we like Aries. Oh, put the puppy. Persephone's very emo. Now, is Persephone in the comics? Um. I don't remember. I can't recall a story of Persephone in it. Off the top of my head. That's not saying she never has been. I just can't remember. It's been a long time since I've even read the Perez stuff or anything consistently for that matter, so... It's possible she was, and I just don't remember it. Okay, so so you had problems with Hades? Uh, I have major problems with this character design. No, major problems. Um, I mean, I guess it matches the actor. It's Oliver Platt, isn't it? Okay, it doesn't match the actor. Oliver Platt's not like, you know. Well, he's not He's not the slug, let's be honest. No, he's but- not the slug. <laughs> But, you know, we're going off of Greek models here, and if a Greek were to make Hades, he'd be feared, and, you know, all gods are sort of this idea of perfection, and it's the Roman idea of sort of excess and, you know, all these, like, orgies and overeating and and drinking and everything, but Greeks, their sort of slogan is nothing to excess, and I just don't think that this is a good character design for that. Yeah, the Greeks were more... You know, athletic and yeah. I don't. I don't think you know. I don't even think Hades gets off the couch to go to the fridge. I'm not surprised that he was has he even can he even see his toes. I mean, look at there. He's like yeah. It's like in Family Guy. Whenever Peter is naked, like he can't see his man parts because his belly is just like hanging over. 
<laughs> well, I'm just saying that's basically what this. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry if you didn't appreciate that reference, folks. <laughs> Is everything all right here, Matthew? The blood seems to have rushed from your face. I just, I don't know. Yes. Well, you just, just don't know. You don't like it. Well, you're not supposed to like him. That's the point. But the, it's like they're also making him like, well, I don't know, metrosexual slash borderline homosexual. I can't, I can't tell. I don't know. Well, there was a lot of that in Greek society. You know, so. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it's naive to think that. Most of the women on Amazon Island aren't lesbians. No, oh, here some we go. Some or another. I'm serious. It is. Tell me I'm wrong. I think you are wrong. They just and I'll, they, they, they I'll bring that up later. Why? They all just sit around the island reading books and uh, I think so. throwing, well, throwing spears and riding horses. And, I think so. I and think bathing so. together and not. Basically, uh, yep. And an island where they've never even seen men? Yes. Ospedale. Huh? Are you ready for this? This is your emotional part. Something that I really like, sort of attention to detail, which I really appreciate in comics and stuff, is that when she gets worked up, you can actually see it on the heart monitor. Like it's oh, really? start, you can Yeah, you can see animate, like the beeps get faster, which I thought was kind of wonderful. I didn't notice that. No. God. Yeah, she went all the Artemis on him there. You see? She's about 120 beats per second. Yeah, I see it. <laughs> beats per minute, I guess. I like that he's schooling her, or that he's about to school her here, though. You know, he's about to buy her a clue. Yeah, I think this is definitely this scene is like really a major address of all the themes that you know come from not only this movie, but you know Wonder Woman and her history in general, sort of like feminism and and everything. Well, I, th- I think it's it's saying that, you know, that feminism is good. It, it's good for women to, you know, to be individuals and and to be able to stick up for themselves, and that they don't need anyone to fight their fights for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, 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 to be empowered. But not to the point where you have to be off-putting or abrasive or hostile to guys. You know? So I think they're, here they're finding a good mix, you know? Oh, an almost moment. I think those are called nose moments. Bam! Yeah. And then, and then it comes a slap. She likes hitting him a lot. I like the dragon lady thing. A different word popped into my head than dragon lady. You've waited patiently, my friends. But the time has come once again. And I want an army of minotaurs. <laughs> That's cool. Now let the 
when I saw uh, Chronicles of Narnia, I was telling my friends, I want an army of centaurs and cheetahs. But there's six and a half billion people on the planet. So he wants to rule over 1.5 billion people, is that it? When he says he wants to walk on five billion corpses? No? Nothing? Well, maybe his army is one point. Uh, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Sorry I reacted the way I did at the hospital. Okay, this part I don't like. This part I don't like, and I think it kind of ruins the um, hospital scene. I think it's kind of it's a, I think it's kind of a redundant scene here in the jet plane where the she says she's sorry, and then he says he's sorry, and then he opens up because his foot's caught in the magic lasso. Because I don't like it because it's. Neither one of them should have to compromise or, or, or compromise the core of who they are. You know what I mean? Like, he should be able to be who he is, and she should be able to be who he is, and they should be, just be, you know, find a way to be okay with one another and appreciate that. But instead, you have him, you know, you, you know, it, it, he, he goes from being Han Solo to, like, um, you know, Mr. Uber sensitive male guy, you know. Maybe I'm just really scared all the time. Well, you know, I, I, I just didn't like that scene. I don't like it. I think it lessens things when you finally pair them up, you know. And does that make sense at all? Yeah. Oh, there's a tour of doom. Did Wonder Woman get her tiara at Tiara's R Us? Um, I think she's one of the founding members, yeah. Did you like how I worked your sponsor into there? Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, we're almost up to the um, the march of zombies. That is really powerful uh, strength there to be able to fire the bow from. And where are they coming from? The Potomac's not that wide. You know? Or, or maybe not. You've been in the Potomac. You've seen the Potomac. I must confess, it feels like the first day of school. And yet you could not find your sword, Artemis. Sword. This is but my dagger. I love that one. That's fantastic. Um, I don't, you know, you have to let your imagination run a little wild, you know, for these kind of movies, so. If they want the Potomac to be that, you know, big, then I guess it is, I don't know. Frankly, I, I disagree with the use of ships, and, uh, wh- why would Themyscira have ships? 
because they live on an island? Yeah, but if they don't need anything, essentially, and uh, they're not going to go anywhere, why why would they have ships? That's to just fish? Gonna, to fish. No, those are warships. There's no... No. <laughs> <laughs> the fishing fleet. They're outfitted with uh, ballista. Who's the hot... Uh, who's that hot guy right there? Is that... Michelle is that Obama? The, is that their new hot version of Cat uh, Waller? Amanda Waller? Amanda Waller? Yeah, Cat, not Cat Waller. Amanda yeah, Waller. Yeah, it's like, who is that? No. The singer. That'd be weird. I doubt it, though. Look at that. Look at the hair. I love, I love how the hair is almost like a separate character on her. You see, since I've been... You know? Yeah. They're doing the scene, and Wonder Woman's hair says, "What's my motivation?" That doesn't look like a threatening rocket, does it? Well, what do you want? Do you want like Daffy Duck painted on it or something? No, I want a giant. You know, like in that movie, what's that called? Uh, Doctor Strangelove? Like you want something like that? Yeah. Well, no. That's that's a. that's a strategic bomb, you know, like drop from a ship. I mean, I, I'm looking like a like an ICBM. I mean, you've seen these things in their silos; they're huge. I mean, they're giant rockets. They're not. I mean, they have tact- low yield tactical nukes that can be fired from a plane and stuff. But I mean, the, nothing's going to cause violence on the kind of level that Ares is looking for. But I'm preaching to the choir here, right? Maybe. <laughs> I have no military background, so maybe. I don't have a military background, but in the 80s, when they were putting out movies like Rambo and the, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Commando and all these, there was about a bajillion action military gun movies in the 80s, and I spent a lot of time learning about you know, combat helicopters and combat aircraft and guns and so that I could identify them when I saw them in a movie. That, uh, that mask makes Aries like, uh, like a Mexican wrestler, you know, like a lucador or whatever they're called. Yeah. See, I don't understand why, uh, zombies always have to walk funny. Why, why can't they have nice posture? Because they don't have proper muscle control. It's weird. It's like it's like they, unless they're running, they shamble. Yeah, I don't know. They shamble, but they can run. That doesn't make sense. Whoops. Oh. Oh, she's dead. Oh. Oh yeah. Oh. And then she decomposes. Even yeah. though first she'd actually balloon, and then she'd. Well, out, there's a, know. you know, that's all a big curse right now. See, look at that. She's She should have nice posture, but she's got, like, duck feet. I don't know. It's because there's a curse. Yeah. The curse causes uh, Here we go. fallen arches and pigeon toes. <laughs> Poor Alexa. She looks like John Romita Jr. drew right there, doesn't she, Alexa? She's, like, all, she's fine looking, which is weird. Maybe because she's recently dead. I don't know. Whoa. She moves like Batgirl. 
I like how even in Undeath, her fancy book learning is going to be what saves the day. Yeah, for sure. Which is, you know, and I mean, yeah, like I said, really, these people went into research. You know, she starts saying uh, Nago, which is like, I, I deny or, yeah, you know, they really went into research, which I really appreciate. I don't know what arch is. There's no CH in Latin, so I can't. Would you have rather? Would, would you have rather the entire movie just uh, have been in Cohen? We're in Greek. Greek or something? Yeah. Hey man, I, I'd be fine. Well, see, it's hard sometimes. People ask me, you know, like what are they saying? Well, corpus is body, but it's right. it's sometimes it's hard because sometimes people don't understand how to properly pronounce it, and they have like the ch, and there was no sound like that um, until ecclesiastical Latin, which you know made the C into a CH, but uh, a C was uh, a hard uh, hard C because it came from the Greek kappa. So it was like a K. So, yeah, basically, yeah. They didn't have, yeah. So it's hard to tell what they're saying sometimes. I think I, I should just, like, solicit myself as, like, a, a help on movies whenever they need, like, correct pronunciations or something. Like, I should just should just do that for a living well the the secret here is that they actually go to experts and like you know for like a movie like you know they'll actually have in the production budget you know expert consulting and they'll pay some college professor who's supposed to be an expert and has written books on stuff oh Oh, yeah here on alexa it's sad maybe that'll take a little bit of the edge off of uh, artemis i doubt it um but they wind up paying these people, and then the director ultimately does just whatever the hell the director wants to do to begin with. You know, when they're actually on set, you know, and the actors already got it one way, and, you know, when you're dealing with Megan Fox, you can barely remember her own lines. Oh, gosh. You know, the last thing they're going to do is keep shutting down production because she's mispronouncing Autobot. Your army continues to dwindle. As does yours. You know? Yeah. When you've got these actors and actresses who can barely, you know, form whole sentences together. Well, listen to me. I'm just... I'm all fired up today, aren't I? Seems it. There was... I guess we missed it. Um, when Hippolyta was fighting... Fighting uh, Persephone. And, you know, I sort of wonder, is Hippolyta wrong? Like, you know, all this stuff, this separation from the uh, from man's world, is she wrong? Like, I, I think that's something that, you know, can probably be debated for a Well, very I think long that's, time. The, that's the point of it. And that point is represented in the relationship between Diana and Steve Trevor. Yeah. You know, I, I think Hippolyta has been, you know, has proven, ultimately proven wrong at the dead end of the movie when they, you know, start, well, not the dead end of the movie, but at the end, you know, and, you know, they save the day and Steve starts making out with her. Oh, maybe they didn't fight yet. I thought. Yeah, that's coming up here. Okay. I thought maybe we missed it. I kind of want to see a Wonder Woman now done by Zack Snyder, like a 300. Then there'd be this raunchy sex scene. Let's not. How about that? <laughs> you know there would be. 300 wasn't too bad, but uh, Watchmen was like a little like over the top. Did you ever read Watchmen, though? No, I haven't. 
that sex scene is in the book. But it's not that intense, is it? Um, no, he went a little. Yeah. He went a little further with it, but I mean, it's right there in the book. I mean, it's not like short. It's not like one panel. I mean, it's like, I think it's like one or two pages. It's at least one page for sure, like a whole page. See? Yeah. I was just about to say, Hippolyta really looks like Terry Dotson's Wonder Woman right there. Look at that. She looks like Wonder Woman, yeah. Yeah. Ow. I mean, she was trying to protect them. I don't know. Well. She was doing it for the right reasons, I guess. You know? It's it's the same thing as being too overprotective of a kid. Yeah. You know, I mean, and and it's done for the right reasons. You want to shield the kid and, you know, protect the kid. But there is, you know, definitely such a thing as being too sheltered and too too protected. You know? Yeah. You do that and then people aren't aren't ready to face whatever life actually has in store for them, you know? Like in um, my little cousin, you know, he's a football player. He asked me if I was going to come watch his showcase game. And I said, what is that, like City Champs? And he was like, huh? I said, what's a showcase game? He's like, oh, it's the game at the end of the year. And I'm like, oh, so you're, what, you're playing for City Champs. And he said, no, we just everybody just shows up and plays and we all get a trophy. And I'm like, and then the one with the best records, the City Champs. And he was like, no, we don't have anything like that. And I found out they don't have that anymore. And I told them, you know, I said, Kyle, I said, when you grow up, you know, and you get out of college, you get into life, you're going to find out that not everybody gets a trophy. And you're not all special, unique snowflakes, you know. And that's, I think, you know, so I think that's, you know, like today, like we're sheltering kids too much. and Ooh. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a nice little ring composition, you know, in the beginning, Hippolyta decapitated Thrax, and then we have Diana, yeah, sort of like a chiasmus really the it's a it's a catty corner mother daughter father son murder basically yeah I'll go with chiasmus and a nice decapitation scene it's Michelle Obama it's not Michelle Obama (laughs) it's not Michelle Obama Michelle Obama doesn't wear glasses she's not that thin and she's not married to an old white guy that she calls Mr. President well, then we'll just say that it's everyone... Supposed be, it's supposed to be Amanda Waller. Yeah. Like, Eddie <laughs> Candy was thin, and so Amanda yeah. Waller is thin, yeah. It's the, Lauren, it's the Lauren Montgomery uh, mega diet. With me, yeah. There you go. Oh, God, wipe the blood off. Yep. I don't know about this. I feel like she wouldn't know what was going on, but that's okay. I'm, and she then knows why are these women cheering? Wouldn't you think they'd be like, what is going on, and then attack? Because they're all going to hit Washington, D.C. and get some boyfriends. <laughs> Here we go. So grotesque. Are you scared Hades is going to try to eat him? No, he's, I don't, he's just, no. He's just grotesque. I just don't like the character design. You're not supposed to. That's the point. They did a good job with him. No, I don't. No. 
I don't. You're not like supposed him to look at Hades and go, reasons. "Yay, Hades!" No, he should be creepy, but he shouldn't be fat and and you know obese. Oh my God! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You just lost like half of your chubby audience. No. Like whoever like listens to you now and is like maybe like go. struggling with their own weight problems, they're they're done with you now. So much has changed. Half of our sisters are married to men living in Georgetown. Go Bulldogs. <laughs> Whoa. Heimlich. Sorry. Yeah, I'm I know, sorry. Right? What is this? What is this? It is your mission. What's this? What's this? There's stars and stripes and red. What's this? A tiara for my head. What's this? What's this? Something I should have done a long time ago. serve as our ambassador. But there is one condition. Yes. You must visit home. You must bring that nice boy, Steve, to the island for dinner. Here we go. One of the best endings of an animated movie I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Yeah, this is pretty good. Number one, it answers, like, the, the question, like, where, where do these clothes go? Like, she puts her, you know, glasses in the bag and everything, but... Right. The introduction of one of, you know, the chief members of her road, like one of two, I guess. Look at, yeah. I thought it was either going to be Cheetah or Circe. I was just waiting for it, but yeah. And they did a really good job with Cheetah. Yeah, I think so. Definitely. Really lithe and, yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yep. Doing the Superman rip. And then there's that little girl. It's her. She could have taught me how to kill boys. Oh boy. That's that's gratuitous. Damn. Nice. Bam. Yay. Yeah. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Very good. Yep. I, yeah, and, you know, that'd be so awesome to see, you know, what they would do with Wonder Woman uh, 2, which, you know, they were originally thinking of a sequel at the same time they were planning this Batgirl year one. But, you know, hopefully if Batgirl gets back into production, um, that we can get a Wonder Woman 2, because if this is any indication, number two would be, it would be awesome. So, What if you had to settle for a Wonder Woman Batgirl movie? <laughs> like a team up? Yeah. I don't know how that would go. You know, we should, uh, we could do this, you know, we could do this for like Sub-Zero some night and it could actually be Batgirl related. Yeah, well, yeah, um, because, and you're one of the, the people that I know have seen uh, Birds of Prey, the live action series, so that definitely was on uh, us as well, yeah. Uh, what does, is that a bad? Well, there are good moments, I agree that, yeah, there are some bad moments, but there are certainly some uh, good moments, I'd say. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just wish Dinah... Dinah just sort of got on my nerves, so... Uh. The psychic girl? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um... 
basically, yeah. Because the best part of Birds of Prey, the actual comic series for me, is the chemistry between Dinah Lance and Barbara Gordon, like their best friends, sisters practically. And you sort of had that with Helena, but... You know, you bring in this teenage girl, I guess, just to have that sort of... Yeah, I guess that's, the, you know, the pandering to the younger audience again. But I just don't think it worked. It was more, like, obnoxious to me. Yeah. It didn't work. Yeah. A lot about that show didn't work. Uh, they tried, though. They tried. The, the best part of that show was the first ten minutes of the pilot. Oh, boy. Where it Harley was. Quinn shows up. Oh, wait, no, that was, like, the... No, no, yeah. no, that was that when was, they... Uh, yeah. That was when right. they redid Killing, or part of that well, part yeah. of Killing Joke, where he shoots her. <laughs> and they had Mark Hamill doing the voice. Yeah. Yeah. It's like in my nightmares. I see that everywhere I go. <laughs> I swear. So, well, we've got obvious, well, I've written down in my little composition notebook, you know, certain dis- discussion topics to hit up. Okay. So, the, first of all, this was... I think we'll leave the lesbian till last because you're really excited about that, and I just want to torture you. Yeah. Um, the violence. Um, this was probably one of the more violent DCU movies. Uh, does it work for it? Do you think it was too over the top? It's. I never thought it was too over the top. If it was too over the top, we'd have people getting decapitated and you know <laughs> stuff left and right. We had, you know, three decapitations that I can think of in my head right yeah. now. The bloodiest thing in the movie was the ritual sacrifice. You don't actually see the guy get stabbed, but you, I mean, you, you can put it two and two together and know what's going on. Um, I don't think it's overdone, but I don't think it's for kids. Yeah. You know, I would show this to a teenager. I wouldn't have any problem showing it with somebody. I wouldn't have any problem showing this to somebody who was maybe even 12. Yeah. You know, or thirteen, and any kid that's you know that that has seen this and is in a Star Wars, you know, if they've seen Attack of the Clones, I'm thinking this is probably safe for them to see. Obviously, you're right. You know, we were you touched on this before that you know if you wanted to get little girls into the the hero, this is sort of not the way to go about it. Um, right. But I think I really applaud DC for going the more adult route with all of their animated movies because I think that that's one of the things that Marvel lacks, you know, when you have this young Avengers, and I didn't see that, but I I didn't think it looked too good. So, um, Well, Marvel went the complete opposite direction. Basically, yeah. They went down and and DC went up. But You had Thor babies, Avengers babies, X-Men babies, you know. (laughs) Yeah, basically. And um, just ridiculous. Yeah. In the comics, though, I, I don't think Wonder Woman, you know, I guess you'd have to correct me, you know, in the past, but she's teen plus, I think, now. So it's not as if, you know, little girls are going to get into her. And I think little girls, when we say little, I think it's going to be like 12 anyways. That is going to be sort of the young the young age. Has DC even, has, has they, have they raised the price of that book to $4? Yeah, I have no idea. Or is it just two ninety nine still? I think it's still two ninety nine. Okay, if it's still well, even at that price, there's no little girls reading it. Yeah, they're just not. They're they're spending their money on other stuff. And yeah, true. The uh, the only people reading that now are, you know, are older girl or older girls who are probably who yeah, you know, the last couple of years of high school or in college or. People like me, you know, who've been reading, who've been following these characters for, you know, 
better part of three decades. I I need to check back into that because I haven't been catching. I I read that first Batgirl with Stephanie in it, and I haven't read anything new since then. Yeah, and those aren't. Um, I think that's pretty pretty somber. The the Batgirl series that I've been reading. Uh, you know, there are certainly moments, but it's not like I always reference this Psycho Pirate and uh, Infinite Crisis, where his like face gets turned inside out. Um, so I think that I think that one definitely works for you know girls, and I don't know how Supergirl is doing, but I think that um, certainly could be a girl book. But yeah. I guess yeah, I, I respect uh, DC for the adult nature. I think, and it's not over the top either. I think it is sort of you know the medium line that PG thirteen could be, and they bring in all these cultural references because I think everything would be lost on a lot of people anyways, you know, all these references that I've been talking about, you know, and uh, just like literature and everything else and everything you said, so. I mean, over the top or exploitative would have been, you know, then the Amazon bathing scene would have been completely different. I mean, essentially the, the craziest that got was some playful splashing. So I really it was it was I, I think for the most part the the violence was on target. I mean this is a this is a movie about Amazon warriors who yeah, kill. Exactly. There has to be killing in it. There just has to be. And so on the, on you know I mean on on that level I think the violence was tasteful. I think the some of the themes were tasteful. You know um the male female stuff was definitely tasteful as far as Steve and Diana goes. All in all, you know, it's it's the best comic or uh, animated comic movie I've seen so far. Yeah. And I uh, say that I, I really like Hulk versus both parts of that with Wolverine and Thor, but just because they're I mean they're completely different, but they're really good and they're really well done. And they're both, you know, adult oriented. There's a lot of violence, a lot of blood. But this one really hits the mark and becomes something special for me. Yeah. Uh, I think the my favorite up to this point was uh, New Frontier. And uh, there's actually yeah. a sacrifice or an almost sacrifice in there, I remember, of that little kid before well, Batman saves him. But It opens up with a guy blowing his head off or blowing oh, his brains true. off. that's true. Yeah, because I mean, he writes that thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, so. that's pretty dark. <laughs> yeah. I think... Uh, for the most part, you know, if they were to do a Batgirl Year One, I think it'd still be PG-13, but certainly that series isn't terrible. You know, they're probably the worst, I think, would probably be going into Garfield Lins's history, where he sort of watches that girl get blown up, because he gets, yeah, he enjoys that. But I think, you know, once again, that's really going to bring in the younger audience. I so. just don't want an awkward scene of Robin dressed up like Batgirl to prove that Barbara's Oh, a- that's true. True. Yeah, I forgot. Oh, I always feel so bad. And he says at the end where he goes, so I thought she liked me. It was so, it's so depressing for him. That is sort of humiliating. But, uh, no, you know, um, if that goes, you know, if we can get the green light, I think Tara's strong. I hope she comes back and does that because, you know, whenever I read um, any Batgirl stuff, I seriously hear her voice in my head. So Yeah. That'd be fantastic. 
Oh, I was just going to move on to a, a oh, yeah. topic. Oh, okay. Uh, one thing that I've noticed is, uh, and I, I wrote about this in my review, you know, there's no flight. And that's one of the things that Wonder Woman can do in the comics. And I thought uh, that that sort of grounds it a little more in reality because obviously a lot of this stuff is sort of like out there. But I think not seeing her fly sort of makes her more realistic as um, a hero, as a woman, as a person. What do you think about that? Uh, well, it's important to be more realistic in a movie where we have, you know, uh, giant monsters with snake for you know snakes for birds, and you know um, you have an evil demon army flying giant gargoyle dragon things. It's definitely important to stay grounded in reality. I don't appreciate um, that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I would prefer that she had flown in the movie. Um, oh, okay. What I'd like to know is. Well, let's talk about this Themyscira business. Um, we just started discussing this before, George and I. And uh, well, George, what is your thought about Themyscira? Um, it's an island full of lesbians. <laughs> it absolutely is. I'm sorry. It, it it absolutely is. When you look at <sighs> Greek culture to begin with, which didn't frown on homosexuality. And I, of course, disagree and think that it is not an island of uh, lesbians. Um, number one, I think because there's generally a lack of lesbians not over not only in the comics but in DC animated. I think the only lesbian we've ever seen is probably uh, Maggie Sawyer in Superman the Animated Series. So I think that's one point. Um, the second point is I think that these these women um, are very innocent uh, and they don't really know. I mean, besides, you know, you've stated that probably the only people that have had sex are Diana now, probably with Steve Tre- Trevor, um, Hippolyta, obviously, with Ares. I think you might have said Artemis, but I don't know with whom she would have been having sex. I think that they're really innocent and they don't really... I don't think they would think about that at all. And one of the reasons I think this is the episode in Justice League Fury where this crazy Amazon and um, Star Sapphire try to take out all the men in the world. There's a scene where Hawker and Wonder Woman are together and Wonder Woman basically is saying something like, why do you rely so much upon men? Uh, it goes into something further. You can tell that there's sort of like some sexual innuendo because then Hawkgirl says, don't knock it until you've tried it, sister. So it, it sort of implies, you know, Wonder Woman has no experience with that. And so that's why I think that all these women are sort of innocent and they, they, they enjoy... Um, I don't know, just living, not really worrying about that kind of stuff. They're in, they're like children, I think, sexually. That's what I believe. Even children play doctor. Okay, I, I don't even know how to respond to that. Even children. Well, they play do. Doctor. I mean, even children, even children after a certain age start becoming aware of their bodies and aware of other, you know, of that other kids are changing too. You have an island full of women who aren't even adolescent anymore. You know, who have the same hormones that other human beings do. But and I'm not, if, uh, I'm not yeah. saying this from, you know, from a standpoint like, oh, I want them all to be lesbians. I mean, I'm not saying oh, it yeah, from, no, I understand. from a purian standpoint. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying it from a, a logistical standpoint. I mean, sexuality is part of human expression and human physiology. You know, if you've got an island full of everything of just women, they're lesbians. 
Yeah, I don't know. And, and, you know, I guess you could reference this bathing, you know, the bathing scene that, you know, all these people are together. But then I would sort of go and cite, you know, the fact that Diana, the actual goddess, you know, has all these nymphs that, you know, mm. assist her and everything. But it's not like she's having relations with these nymphs. No. Because Diana's people... obviously a... I mean, why why couldn't they be like a, a race of, like, chaste women? That's That's potential. People, people being... Because I, I don't know that they can be chased without knowing what they're missing. But Diana is not... See, this is going to be confusing. Diana, and I can't even say Artemis because that would be confusing too. Diana the goddess, um, I mean, she's a virgin, but she's also chaste. So, I mean, she doesn't know what it is, but yet she's sort of... Um, her and all of her followers have to take this oath of chastity. Yeah, but they're not isolated on an island away from men. These uh, most of these women haven't even seen guys, but they have horses. Oh, that opens up a whole new can of worms. Well, you know, and that's some people maybe like so you just cross the line there, but and and I was only sort of half like maybe like a quarter being joking, but <laughs> do like they have qu- male horses or male horses allowed on them? This well, yeah, I don't know actually because that was a mare that um, Diana was riding, but. You know, in Indo-European times, um, they would have these uh, religious things where um, either the king or the queen would mate with a horse and then it'd be cut up and separated. So that was like sort of the religious thing. So, I, I, you know, if you have to go there, then potentially, but I, I don't think that's probably them. But I, I don't know. I just disagree, I guess, that, that they're lesbians. I think they would have made a boat before they started sleeping around with horses. I think they did make a, a boat, though. No, I mean, I think they would have made a, a, a giant big Amazon boat and went and got some men. Oh. I think for, you know, story purposes, it's fine, you know, just to say, that, you know, they're all chased or whatever. And, I mean, the bonds that these women, when you look at antiquity, you look at, like, the Spartans, you look at the Greeks, like, even, like, the hoplite, you know, units and... I mean, there was rampant homosexuality, even with the male soldiers. You know, and they never thought it was, I mean, they never thought it was bad. They always looked at it like it was expected or, you know, like an older guy would take you under his wing and he'd be nailing you, you know, or it just, it was like, it was just accepted back then. It wasn't, you know, taboo to those, to those cultures. And I mean, when you consider it on that level... That even the male warriors were sleeping with one another back then. I mean, it's. I don't see how you look at the female warriors and say they weren't doing the same thing. Well, and in 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 this part of of the of the written Greek tradition, I mean, there wasn't actual you know an army of Amazons or anything, but but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Or I think we're we're trying to look at it from. A twentieth or well, no, a twentieth century frame of mind, and trying to apply things or our own perceptions and our own notions to you know a period of time where that that didn't exist. I mean, this was like going to get bread down there. It's like a to-do list: get bread, sleep with young, you know, boy. I am mentoring. I mean, that's basically what they did. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if I can. I mean, obviously, yeah, I know about that, you know, kind of stuff, but. I mean, it's it was the same thing over in um, 
with the Samurais, which shocked the hell out of me. Uh, I did a, I had a Japanese, my last semester of school, I had a Japanese history class and I learned that and I was there or, or second to last semester and I was like, oh my God. Well, I guess, yeah, I wonder if, you know, every male viewer would agree with you and every female viewer would agree with me. No, but, well, I mean, I think there's, when I was a younger male, I would have been adamant that, you know, no, there wasn't any gayness or whatever. You know, I'd, I'd, have, had to, I'd have come at it from a whole different direction than I do now. Now that, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, Mr. Big Shot, you know, college degree guy, intellectual dude. I have to look at it from a realistic standpoint and say, yeah, they were probably, they were probably gay. That's, that's me just trying to look at it, you know, from knowing what I know of those cultures. I guess I'm... You know, I, I, I'm at a loss for a really good word for that. But just knowing what I know of those cultures, yeah, that's that's the conclusion I would come to is that uh, all the Amazons were lesbian. But then wouldn't that make, I mean, wouldn't Diana come off the island and, you know, look for, why wouldn't she fall in love with Eddie Candy? Because Eddie Candy was soft. What? Because Eddie Candy was... <laughs> Soft remember, is not a warrior. Is that your timing? Yeah. Remember, remember her introduction to Eddie Candy. Her, the first thing she says to Eddie Candy when Eddie Candy's like, you? "Yeah, what's wrong with you?" Because she won't do something for herself while she's completely capable of doing it. So right off the bat, she's not going to be Diana's type. Okay. Now, if Diana had run into someone like She Hulk or somebody, it you know, all bets are oh, off. Gosh. Oh boy. She Hulk. <laughs> No, no, no. You're what I'm saying is I'm not saying that they're a diehard lesbian culture. I'm not saying that she's a lesbian and she's not going to be with Steve Trevor because he's a lesbian. I'm saying that that's probably what's prevalent on that island. There aren't any men. The they are warrior women. I mean, war gets the blood up. Training for war gets the blood. I mean, they're. I'm pretty sure you know she's probably done stuff like other women on the island not even really thinking about it not even really knowing what it was you know and and on that level i don't think that's really a loss of innocence it's just you know it's 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 a it's a it's a level of you know naivete you know of ignorance about how or or what certain things mean i think maybe we should email george perez and ask him george perez is going to tell you they are all lesbian Oh, no, no, not necessarily. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I don't know what he would say. Just start emailing different people who have uh, associations with Wonder Woman and, and see, pull it out. And that's not to say that, like, you know, like, if you took an Amazon off the island, just like Diana, you know, like, you grab some random Amazon, bring her to the mainland, and suddenly she's like, a man, you know? This is a completely yeah. different set of smells and... The skin is different, and you're bigger, and you know maybe not as muscular because they're they are Amazons, but you know yeah. what I mean. Just something something new. Oh my God, what is this? I mean, it's as, at some point nature probably kicks in and says, "Oh hey, by the way, this." And then suddenly they're like, "Oh my God, what's that?" You know? Yeah. Are, are you disillusioned now? No, no. I mean, I still sort of. I don't know. Maybe I'm naive, and you know, to think that everyone is that they're just—I guess, like I keep saying—you know, innocent, and they don't really understand that. But 
I, you know, two different perspectives. People, I guess you can. I think they're innocent. Choose which they, one you want. I think they're innocent and they don't understand it, but they're doing it. Okay. Does that make sense? Sure, and I, I think they they don't know, and so they're not doing it. So. But for them, it's just as natural as picking up a sword. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's kind of euphemistic, wasn't it? Um, I, didn't, I didn't mean for it to be. I, uh, I, I wouldn't it's go fine. Far. I wouldn't go far. Uh, It reminds me of. Um, couple lines in Plotus, but I won't get into that. Um, so the last, uh, yeah, the last thing is, you know, why, why is this movie so great? Uh, which I guess we, uh, we already started talking about it. I, do you have any other comments to make about why it is so wonderful? Lauren Montgomery did a really good job. I think so, yeah. Um, and I haven't seen Green, Green Lantern, but everybody who I know who's seen it tells me that it's not as good as Wonder Woman. Yeah, so, I wonder so what I don't, happened. Yeah, I don't know why. I, maybe Lauren Montgomery was just more of a fan of Wonder Woman, and more of that came through with Wonder Woman. I think she also. I mean, this was like the first time that a woman came through. I mean, up to this point, it's all been about Superman, Batman, and I remember in an interview, sort of for the trailer for this, you know, she's like, "Finally, you know, we're doing something about a girl." So, well, they, uh, you know, I mean, and, and Batman. The series you had, you know, you had episodes that, I, in fact, I can think of one episode. It seems like that just had Batgirl, Catwoman, Harley, oh, and yeah. Poison Ivy in it. Yep. You know, and and maybe Lieutenant Montoya, or maybe I may be thinking of Gotham Sirens, which is loosely based on that anyway. But I'm I'm thinking that it seems like there was an episode of that, like in the third or fourth season of Batman. Um, well, I know they had Girls' Night Out. Um, yeah, but that, that had, was that was that, Batgirl and Supergirl, and uh, I think it was it might have been Harley and Livewire. I don't know. They mixed it up, but then they did yeah, that whole Gotham yeah. Girls, um, well, internet series that um, all of the the women that you mentioned. So, so the, I mean, there have been things like that, just not on this scale where it was all for where it was just. You know that heroin, and honestly, I mean, all the others have been kind of at the sidekick level. You know, out of that whole group, the only ones who've really well, no, I mean, Supergirl, Batgirl, and they've all had their own books. Never mind. I guess Wonder Woman's probably the oldest, though. Well, yeah. no, Cat, I think Catwoman may predate Wonder Woman by like a year because she came out in Batman number one with the Joker, and I think that was nineteen forty. I want to say. Either way, she may have just edged her out or, you know, Catwoman didn't have her own book back then. Wonder Woman did. Yeah. So they've done stuff before or, you know, but not where anything where it was just where it was just a sole female heroine. You know, it's not like it's Supergirl the movie. It wasn't like Batgirl the movie. It wasn't, you know, or year one. It wasn't like Power Girl the movie. I won't comment on that last one. <laughs> what? What is wrong with Power Girl? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. What? I just what's, don't know about what's Power wrong Girl. With Power Girl is an interesting character. Any character, it, it it all depends on the writing and it all depends on the marketing. You, well, I say that. I mean, I don't like Venom, so. No. Oh, brains, num, num, num. Brains, num, 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 num. <laughs> right. So what would your grade be for this this movie? This would be an A plus from me, and I would also give it an A plus. 
when it um, when it gets to how superhero comic book movies should be done, I look at this as an example. Not necessarily as you know as violent or as adult oriented, but just that level of quality. Right. You know, the quality of the animation, the quality of the story, things like that. Yep, the voice acting, you know, yeah, the yeah. all of the lines, you know, except, you know, potentially for that, the one you were talking about in the jet plane, but certainly everything else, Artemis's, you know, clever lines, I think, and there's something I was going to say, but now I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, I think the only uh, problem, obviously, is just the Hades, I won't keep going back on that, but, uh... You know, after the first five minutes, I knew this was something completely different. And I think, you know, those first five minutes are really when you need to hit people with it. So I think it did a wonderful job. And I applaud um, Warren Montgomery and DC Animated and Warner Home Video. So, I mean, this this is I don't, just one more reason why Batgirl, I think, needs to be, needs to be made. So It does need to be made. And... Yeah. I um I think it'll eventually happen. I, I think because it's got nothing. It's got nothing but backlash since they announced it. Yeah. Well, it sounds so terrible to say. You know, Wonder Woman didn't sell so fast. So okay, it didn't get a million. You know, the first it sold more than uh, Justice League: New Frontier. You know, they're sort of not comparing it against anything. It's they're only comparing it against the most recent Crisis on Two Earths. Um, but, you know, just because it didn't sell so fast, you know, um, no well, more plus, women. I mean, so. Plus, Crisis ha- has how many characters in it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if this had been Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, Flash, sure, it would have, you know, it would have fallen off the shelves, but it's not. I mean, it's one character, it's very specific, and it's it's a character that really hasn't had that big of an audience before for, for something like this. You yeah. Know? I mean, before now, if you enjoyed that you know, was Wonder Woman, you had to like her in Super Friends, or you had to like her in yep. Justice League, you know, or you had to watch the old TV show, which was fine for what it was, but it, you know, it wasn't hasn't hasn't really been touched upon since. Yeah, you know, just a couple of failed attempts at you know a movie. Well, you know, Batman Year One was just recently announced as being on the slate for production, which, you know, sort of got my hiney in a twist. I don't know. Or panties in a twist. I don't know. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. So, I mean, it's just, they just go back to the boys and you know, sort of the big two. So, I think it's it's time. It's time to move on and get an awesome awesome movie from an awesome book and you know chuck dixon i don't know if you heard about this but chuck dixon actually promoted my petition on his facebook so did he yeah the writer of the actual series you know and the creator of birds of prey you know he wants it too so chuck dixon is awesome yes he seems like a very wonderful guy so and i applaud all of his writing so it's time well do you have any further any further thoughts um, I don't have any further thoughts um, on the movie. No, um, I think we've probably covered everything that needs to be. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Covered. Hopefully, you know, you guys aren't too bored. I, I thought that was really good discussion, and certainly, 
I think uh, George brought up a lot of things that I certainly wouldn't have been able to add. So I'm very happy that you came on. Well, thank you. Per usual, you can send any questions or comments to my email at badgirltooracle at gmail.com. Remember to send in your entries for the intro contest. Right now I have goose egg entries, so... You know, I'm looking for three. I'm kind of keeping it low, low expectations. I joined um, your message boards. Thank you. So remember Yay. to mention your message boards. I should, yeah, of course. You can get to that at backgirltooracle.proboards.com. So I guess right now we might have like 30 members. So that's kind of exciting. I think it's 33 or something. Oh, wow. Even more than I would have expected. I remember uh-huh. when there were two members, so that's very nice. <laughs> um, please, you know, this has been hammered for so long, but please also sign the petition, you know, to get Batgirl Year One back into production. Once again, you can go to www.gopetition.com. I think that's a forward slash petitions, forward slash that's Batgirl. A, that's a backslash. It is? Yeah. I don't think so. As backslash. Whatever. It's a slash, people. And uh, it's it's the question mark one, so, on your keyboard. Uh, petition slash backroll dash year dash one dot HTML. Right now, I, I think I checked today, it was like 503. So my goal is 1,000 people, I think, before I um, write my letters. I already have, I did a lot of research on uh, uh, the, the sales of DVDs and stuff, so... And then I'll write a nice little note. So we shall see. Uh, why don't you, uh, I don't know, tell us what you've been doing, especially, you know, on the Spider-Man Crawl Space and stuff. Well, at the Spider-Man Crawl Space, um, of course, every Friday we do Spider-Man or Spidey Friday Night Fights where we take a look back at uh, Spidey's career um, before all the um, One More Day junk um, you know, we look back at Spidey's, you know, decades-long career, and we pick a fight from antiquity, from Spidey antiquity, and highlight it and with commentary and also analysis by Ben Grimm and Shang Chi, the master of kung fu, and who always uh, add a lot of color and spice things up. So we do that every Friday night, and then on Tuesday nights. Uh, at the Crawl Space Forum, we do Marvel Fight Club presented by Spidey Friday Night Fights. And the hostess for that is She-Hulk, who is She-Hulk and the High Evolutionary, uh, who introduces our locations. But what that is, is we pick a combatant to fight another combatant completely at random. Uh, and I can't explain. I can't get into the science behind the randomness. Uh, if I did, it would it would blow your mind apart, and you'd be like, "Oh my gosh, that's crazy." Uh, um, and then a location is chosen for them to uh, fight at, also completely by random. I mean, it could be somewhere in the Marvel universe, or it could be somewhere of interest that exists in quote unquote real life that would also exist in. Um, the Marvel Universe. So Graceland could come up, or uh, this week we had Mar- uh, Murder World from uh, uh, the Marvel Universe, uh, the, th- the little terror theme parks that Arcade creates to kill people in. And that's where uh, the Fool Killer and Misty Knight fought. So, And I think Misty Knight pretty much ran away with that this week. 
Yeah, except um, for that one person who ended up voting for yeah. Fulco, or she would have had a, yeah. Spider plumber, yeah. Yeah. You went off. Well, went off, no, I mean, like it a, was like all in play, rocket. but uh, yeah, I was watching this, and I thought, wow, this is going to be, uh, what are those called, uh, a shut shutdown? Shut out. Shut out, yeah, sorry. And, and and then all of a sudden, I come back one day, and there's one vote for Fulco, and I'm like, who did this? So... Yeah, um, so that's what we're doing, um, or what I'm doing over there. Um, we have a lot of fun with that. You know, it's just goofy, you know, but fun community stuff uh, that we do over there, you know, because we're all about building, you know, a sense of belonging and a, and a sense of, you know, hey, this is your home, much like uh, the marvel of the 1960s and 70s that no longer exists under Joe Quesada. So... Um, that's pretty much what I'm working on right now. That and trying to get through summer. Yeah, I mean, Spider-Man Crawl Space is basically Themyscira for boys. And wow! <laughs> and um, after and then- all that I just said about Themyscira, <laughs> and then you're gonna throw that and out. Uh, like. Wow. Like women on the boards are sort of like dodo birds. Like we're we're pretty rare. It may seem like we're extinct, but they're there. They're there. I wonder if I lost like fifty listeners, right? They just like push stop. Well, you and, just like, you, walked you, out. In, they desubscribed. In, in essence, you just called all the guys gay and said all the women are stupid. Do, you said do, all do. the guys are like Amazon well, Island. I, yeah, like Themyscira, because there are only guys. And That's the women are like are like dodos. With dodos because they're extinct, but I just made it like rare. What would you rather me say? Is there something better, like a Siberian, a white Siberian tiger? All the women on the boards are white Siberian tigers? Yes, they're rare like white buffaloes. And I wasn't bringing sexuality into it at all. I was just saying that it's like, it's like a boy island, that's all. <laughs> God, stop. I hope people aren't insulted. It was all on good fun, people. <laughs> whatever, whatever. Stop. Stop while you're behind. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm digging myself a hole. I didn't mean to say that. I just mean to say it was a boy island. You make it. Oh What's God. wrong with that? It's a boy island. It's like uh, Lord of the Flies. Oh, God. Okay. Actually, it is kind of like Lord of the Flies sometimes. See? See? Okay. Uh, but yeah, once again, thanks to, I, I wonder if I'll even come out with, this is episode 7.5, by the way, so I wonder if 8 is even going to come out, or I'll just lose all my subscribers on iTunes. Once again, uh, thanks to Mile High Comics for sponsoring Batgirl to Oracle, the Barbara Gordon podcast. Until next so, hey, time. Say, uh, hang on, say hi to Mile High for me. When I, uh, the first time I ever subscribed to comics back in um, 85 or 86, they were the ones I went through. That was back when they were still in Denver. I don't know if they're still up in Denver, but um, they were I the first so, ones yeah, I ever subscribed there. with. So, and that was way, way back in the day. So, tell them I said hi. And be like, George says hi. And they're going to be like, who? So, there you go. That'd be, that'd be great. Very nostalgic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, until next time, if there is a next time, which would be the end of June, episode 8, fly on, Babs Lovers. She's blood, flesh and bone Now tucks the silicone She's touch, smell, sight, taste and sound 
Nothing's gonna happen. 